Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, and the ECNL fresh off the ECNL showcase, North Carolina. So we're joined by Jen Winnegal, who was joined by 184 ECNL teams in the triad of North Carolina. Super successful, coaches everywhere. The recruiting dead period has been lifted, and off we go. Jen Winnegal with an update on that event and future events. Always love spending time with Jen. And then Shelly Smith, the 20-year head coach at South Carolina, the University of South Carolina, the Gamecocks. 20 years she's been there. She actually was celebrating her 25th wedding anniversary yesterday as well with Jamie Smith, who works with her at the University of South Carolina. What a pleasure to have Shelly Smith on, albeit for a short time, because I wanted her to get back to Charleston and enjoying her wedding anniversary. But Jen Winnegal, the ECNL Girls Commission, and Shelly Smith, the 20-year head coach of the University of South Carolina women's soccer team on this week's Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. And it starts after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country with a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. I'm Dean Linky, flying solo today. Up first is Jen Winningo. She's been the ECNL girls commissioner for five and a half years. She played collegially at VCU, coached at Richmond, and Jen Winningo, the ECNL girls commissioner, joins me now. Jen, thanks for being with us. Dean, thanks so much for having me. Excited to chat with you a bit today and look forward to getting into the postseason here. Yeah, well, you just finished up the ECNL Showcase North Carolina, 184 teams. So I want to start with that. I'm obviously doing this interview with you from North Carolina. There were teams everywhere. Give an update on how it went and the success of this past weekend. This time of year, there's always an excitement. I know we're coming off of a very unique year with all the hurdles and obstacles thrown at everyone at different times. But Eastall North Carolina was a huge success. 184 teams, as you said, the weather was beautiful, a little hot for some of the the New Englanders and and people that aren't used to the humidity, but couldn't have asked for better mother nature kind of (laughs) communication there. So Eastall North Carolina, we had over 900 coaches on the sidelines. It was unbelievable just to see everyone and have that energy back. We're getting back to that, that sense of normalcy in the ECNL worlds that we have. The grass, the playing surfaces was unbelievable. Uh, you know, the city of Greensboro and the the support that we received from the local club, NC Fusion, was top-notch behind the scenes from day one and on through to the end. So 
I can't say much more than we are super pleased with how everything ran. Heard a lot of just positive feedback on the sidelines. Having that extra boost of energy with the eyes watching and the evaluations happening on the sidelines just really, I think it motivated and helped the players. It was really, really good to see. Yeah, let's dive right in there because you said eyes watching. We finally have the recruiting ban lifted. And the way I understand it, college coaches at all levels were there. You saw them, right? A lot. And sometimes it's hard when you're on site to really peg out the number. We have registrations and all that. So we have a general idea. And over 900 did register. And I do believe that most of them were there. And coming off of the a very lengthy TED period, All of them were up and down the sidelines. They're catching up with one another. Wow, just getting back into it, seeing live soccer again. Those are the types of conversations I'm having with the college scouts. And it was great to see. And, you know, I just kind of have to remind them, it's great to see your colleagues and get wrapped up. How is everything going? What does it look like for next season? Dealing with all of the other obstacles that they have to deal with now with COVID and the spring season and going back to the fall and everything else that lies ahead for the college world. It's like, don't forget to watch the girls that are playing right in front of you here. So get caught up in, in all of the reminiscing and all that, but it was unbelievable. You really did get a sense of the sheer like volume of college coaches attending some of the sidelines, some of the DOCs that I talked to in passing, we had over 90 coaches at our game this morning. And it seemed like more of the DOCs and coaches were saying numbers such as that. So it was, really just great to see. And one of the things that happens when the college coaches are there, it it changes the dynamic for these young women. They know it and they get amped up for it, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, as as a player, it's that feeling you, when mom and dad are in the stands or they're not in the stands, when college coaches are there, when a U.S. soccer scout is there, it it does change everything. And you kind of like, you know, roll your shoulders back, hopefully, and you meet that challenge because these athletes, they're, you know, they're elite level athletes. They have been training their entire lives and continue to be students of the game. And, you know, when you get to this stage and again, being this last chance to get a few more points to qualify, to be higher in the seating and, and all of that, it, it, it helps. And if you can be one of the pegs and, and the entire circuit that can help bring that little bit more energy to get the result, whether it's one point or three, then, then that's what matters. You could feel it. And that's the atmosphere that we've, we've been missing due to this past year and everything that we've had to endure. But it's great to see that that was back. And a lot of the sideline talk amongst parents, coaches, scouts, directors was that, that like, wow, just it's so good to feel like we're getting back to normal. It really did feel like that we could hit the rewind button and it's pre-COVID. It was great. And I, I think that that going into the next month of the postseason and the two stages that we have, it's great that again, 184 teams felt that this weekend. Now well, let's double that as we go into the biggest event that the energy level, there's no shortage anyways, when you're playing for something and it, this is you know for bragging rights, let's be the champion at whichever division that you qualify for. And I think this is just going to add another, another jolt to all of that. All right. So walk us up to the next big event. Where is it? When is it? And tell us everything about it. Well, loaded question. We have a couple of stages. We have the regionally championship events, which are actually happening this weekend. So in four days, they kick off. We have three of those championship events happening around the country, one in Houston, Texas, one in Raleigh, North Carolina. So back to North Carolina, but different city and uh, one in Somerset, New Jersey. So teams from regional leagues will come together 
to play for a championship. And the U15 through U17 age groups will then qualify into the ECNL Open Cup, which is one of the divisions at the ECNL National Playoffs. The ECNL National Playoffs is in about two and a half weeks, June 30th through July 7th in Lakewood Ranch, Florida. So it'll be our first time for the ECNL girls going down to that complex and really excited to bring our playoffs and the largest event of the season down there. And not only will we have the Open Cup, we'll have the Showcase Cup, North American Cup and Champions League. And there are different numbers of qualifying teams across the U13 to U18, 19 age group. So over 360 teams will also have a junior showcase event that's open to uncommitted players and teams that want to come and play additional games due to the fact that there were some restrictions and they didn't get, some may have missed some of the event opportunities that were outside of their control. So we also have this additional division of recruitable athletes that'll be happening in conjunction with our playoffs. We're here with Jen Winnegal, the ECNL Girls Commissioner, now for five and a half years, talking about the North Carolina Showcase as well as things that are coming up. I want to go back to what you said about NC Fusion. I've known Scott Wollaston a long time. I got to believe he was overseeing the entire thing. But obviously, to run a successful event, you need some coordination from big clubs like that. How important is that, Jen, and how does that all work? It's really important. And through our history at the ECNL, we've been to some of these facilities for 10 years and some of them are newer and we constantly evaluate our, uh, our events director, Marissa LeConte does a fantastic job of sourcing out facilities, asking questions, going on site visits, just using all of our resources from directors to physically our events team going on site to see what's going on. And it's not only location, there's hotel logistics, uh, you know, the visitors bureau, what are the, some of the things, do we have a member club in that vicinity or a host club, the type of surface, the type of grass, how many fields and in or outside of high school season for which conferences. So a lot of factors go into selecting the location, the facilities, and we work through all that. So Marissa and her team does do a fantastic job. Gary Gardner was on site for NC Fusion and really kind of pulling a lot of the strings and leading the charge behind the scenes physically and countless NC Fusion staff, coaches, parents, I don't even know all of them that were, were there and just made it very easy. So when we have this relationship, when we have a community and a facility that really wants to, to give back and be a part of the ECNL and our event series, it, it makes it much easier. I mean, we we always want that. doesn't matter if it's an ECL member club or not, but they really went above and beyond along with the CVB and just the support that we got. It really makes our lives easier from a logistics standpoint. We went five years ago back when we had a, a composite event, but it's our first time hosting a national event there. And it was, it was great. I mean, you look at some of the factors that led us to moving the event. It was a crunch timeline in our world because we like to plan as far ahead as possible. And I think they really nailed it on, on all levels from what we needed. And again, couldn't have asked for a better weekend. So where was it supposed to be? And when did you make the decision to move it? It's been in New Jersey the past, I think, 10 years or ever since the ECNL started. So we've had a long lasting relationship with PDA and, and really and on Memorial Day weekend. So that is the typical weekend and location for ECNL girls. With some of the restrictions that were still in place, we had to make this call between that four and six week mark. Marissa can tell you the exact date, but we made that call and it was the right call to make to ensure that we could have all these teams participate and not have to worry about any kind of changes or restrictions either being lifted or tightened again. So that 
had a lot to do with the change of location. I like the word back to normal because we're seeing that. You saw the Indy 500 and you saw 40,000 people watching USA Mexico. So we are getting back to normal. And I got to believe the parents, the coaches, the players, all of it, they had to feel so much better about being, quote, back to normal in North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, again, I can't say enough of just when you're on site on an event, you're walking around, you hear a lot of things in passing, you have conversations yourself. I mean, even with the, you know, it was in the mid eighties and and humid, it's North Carolina. Even with all of that, it was nothing but smiles, great matches, everyone just happy to be there. So I really think that the energy that having college coaches on the sideline, some of a lot of these clubs, and I don't have the exact number, it was their first event for some of these teams of the year because of a million factors. So that had, I think that definitely had something to do with that increased energy as well. And parents, they were, it seems like there are more people, whether it's parents, grandma, grandpa, little brothers and sisters traveling, traveling as groups and families. And I think that's starting to change as well, just with everything, like you said, returning to normal. (laughs) couple more questions as we're spending time with Jen Winnigo, the ECNL girls commissioner, five and a half years. That's a really long run. And uh, obviously you love what you do. Can you put into words why you love it so much uh, working in this role as the commissioner for ECNL girls? Well, it's hard to put it into a few words, but I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. But at the ECNL, my time here, again, it's five and a half years. It, it feels like we've packed 20 years into that, just with the evolution of the game, the changes we've made as a league always with the player at the forefront and and trying to make decisions behind the scenes at the board level and leadership discussions that impact the player and the future of the player, the youth player. It's fun to be around. It's fun to just to be on the administrative side and to try to be forward thinking, not try, we are forward thinking, but making these decisions that are going to impact the next one year, five years, 10 years, and everything being so different on a day-to-day basis sometimes, but definitely annually where like each season where there's something else that we're tweaking, we're amending, we're adding, we're changing, and it's all for the right reasons to develop the best players. That was also on display in North Carolina. As you know, I called about 28 games between the men and the women in the NCAA tournament. And one of the themes was, I think, 700 athletes that went through the ECNL programs for girls and boys played in the NCAA tournament. And this was a reduced NCAA tournament. So just imagine if it was the full field. I -hmm. think that is another bright light. How proud are you of all these athletes that made it to the NCAA tournament and the ECNL certainly was spotlighted during that time. We love it. I mean, following these athletes through their journey, not only in the ECNL and celebrating beyond. And, you know, I, I don't want to misspeak. The ECNL doesn't develop the athletes our clubs do. And we provide the platform and, and the tools from coaching education to player identification opportunities to hopefully elevate that experience and to be addition to what they're already receiving within their their home club. So seeing these young women go on to play at the college game and and to be so impactful at the, the higher levels is incredible. And I feel like a mama hen at times. I'm like, I'm so proud. It's like, I know all these kids. I've seen them play for five years, some of them, and not at the rate that their club does, but it's inspiring. And you just feel like it just reaffirms why I do what I do and why I love it so much is that you're watching, you're watching the joy on these, these women, these young athletes faces. And 
as they continue to impact the game. And it comes full circle because it only helps the next generation. So as they move on from club to college to, to professional and everyone has different paths and different timelines, it's only helping the next, the next bunch. And youth soccer now compared to 10 years ago, night and day, it's just different. There are pros and cons to all of it, but it, you know, there's just there's an elevation in the standards and that uh, all around on and off the field. And I think that really contributes to what we're seeing now and, and why it makes, you know, our internal discussions on the daily. So uh, intriguing. And we dive deep into layers that we wouldn't even thought of. Some of these ideas are coming from coaches or players themselves. And we're like, huh, well, the seed has been planted. Where are we going to go from here? So a lot of that is, is just rooted in, what these athletes are doing and, and where they're taking it in regards to the game, whether they're playing and then moving on to coaching. We're seeing a lot of that. And again, the, the full circle and really giving back to the game is only helping the development and the level of the player. I want to get to the coaching in two more questions here, but really big picture and kind of a softball, but I think it's definitely worth talking about as you see the development. And I feel like ECNL has played a role in it, but there's never been a better time for women's soccer, not just in our country, but in the entire world. NWSL is stronger than ever. Incredible ownership's coming in. Expansion is coming in. Of course, the U.S. women are looking to win the Olympics and another World Cup. I feel like there has never been a better time to be involved in women's soccer in any way shape or form there's always something right and if it's not an olympic or world cup year there's something else going on and the end of his cell and what they've done has been incredible over the last 12 months or so again my, my covid year kind of messes up my timeline and you're seeing more ties or at least i feel that way you're seeing more ties back or up or sideways and in the soccer world and just extending that ripple effect of what we're doing especially on the female side and we continue to just inspire and there's more there's more chatter everyone's talking about whether it's the pro level or the youth level or, or college and what these young athletes they're doing and it's amazing to just be a part a small part of it and to just stay connected and feel like we are moving in the same direction. Speaking of amazing, we'll end it with this. Coming up after you is Shelly Smith, the longtime coach at South Carolina, where she's a regular around the College Cup or the Elite Eight. She's always getting the Gamecocks really deep in the NCAA tournament. Phenomenal coach. She coaches with her husband, who, by the way, they're celebrating their 25th anniversary today, and she was kind enough to join us on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. I told her super romantic of her, Shelly, uh, as they're headed down to Charleston to enjoy their anniversary. But want to comment on Shelly, but even more than that, Jen, the thing that you told me is you saw a ton of women up and down representing their different universities. And I'm so happy about that because you guys often say, if you can see it, you can be it. And now we're starting to see it women as coaches as well. Yeah. And Shelly, I'll be sure to reach out to her separately, but uh, you know, happy anniversary. And I actually met her over 10 years ago when I was on the recruiting trail myself. Shelly's been around the game for so long and has been had a successful career. And it's just great to see the longevity of her career alone. But like I said, it looking around and again it's we haven't seen some of these faces on sidelines for 15 months or so but i was just really pleasantly surprised might be the best way to put it of the amount of young female coaches i saw decorating the sidelines as college scouts it's different it's it looked again i don't have an exact number it's just uh, being there and seeing them pass through hospitality and and watching games there just seemed to be an increased number of young female staff members and i think that's great and it's the game 
the game needs to see that. And I don't know exactly why, like how, how that has shifted, but it's great to see that young females are getting into the coaching game, especially at the collegiate level and giving back and, and kind of taking that next step. I know that's a few of them were decorated uh, collegiate athletes themselves. And, and here they are now coming to an ECNL event. Some are even alums coming to an ECNL event and watching the next generation and being a part of now the coaching cycle. So it's really, really plus as a female myself, being, having been in that their shoes as well, like seeing it continue and that, that there are, there are more female coaches out there. I, it's great for the game. I think we need diversity and we celebrate that here at the ECNL and I hope that continues. Always a pleasure hanging out with Jen Winnego, the ECNL Girls Commissioner, who kicks off this week's Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Jen, thank you so much for joining us. Dean, thank you so much for having me. Good luck with Shelly. Tell her happy anniversary, and uh, we'll catch up. Perfect segue. Shelly Smith coming up on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. As you just heard Jen Winnego say, happy anniversary and welcome to Shelly Smith, who just completed her 20th year as the head coach of the University of South Carolina Gamecocks. And today, one day before this show is released, celebrating 25 years of wedded bliss with Jamie Smith, who also works with her on the team. So happy anniversary. I know it's a big year for you. 20 years at South Carolina, 25 years of marriage and some other big numbers as well we don't have to say that number but congratulations and thanks for joining us on breaking the line the ecnl podcast thank you dean yeah it's a it's a big year um for sure and um yeah i spent half my life with uh, jamie now so that will tell you anything about my other big number uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's exciting and uh, glad to be here to celebrate. Well, and I'm sure you also were glad to be on the fields in North Carolina. Finally, the dead period lifted. Can you just put into words what that meant to you and your program and also the young women that you were watching? Yeah, I was uh, tremendous to be back. Um, obviously, it was nice to be able to play, play this year for many of the college teams and uh, know that these girls are out training and doing things well obviously we couldn't be there but they didn't miss a beat uh, it was nice to be back and see them playing and, and growing and from what i could tell a lot of players had continued to develop so well so they know did a great job to keep them going and building the game and and continuing on our progress towards their dreams of playing probably beyond uh, high school and it was tremendous to see everyone out there again 
Yeah, I heard there was incredible bonding with the coaches as well because you hadn't seen each other in so long, right? So sometimes yeah. I understand the coaches had to be reminded, hey, we're here to recruit, you know, as well. But <laughs> it, it was like kind of going home, right? Seeing everybody. Oh, for sure. It was exciting. And it's a little, um, you know, something you look forward to uh, on the weekend as well, that it brings back some normalcy to your profession and to, to share your you know, excitement with other people that are doing the same thing and <laughs> you got to get used to um, the endurance that it takes for a weekend of retreating, uh, sitting in that hot sun all day, um, you know, I've done that in a while, so we got used to that again, but it was great and uh, really need to see people out again. And, and like I said, it brings back some normalcy to, to everything about our our profession. You've had a lot of great moments in your 20 years, but Shelly, I think it is not overhyping to say women's soccer, and I think the ECNL deserves a lot of credit for it, has never been bigger in this country, let alone worldwide. And the fact that the NWSL now has stability and you have young women playing in the NWSL, it's pretty awesome, right, where we are right now. So it's got to make the recruiting even more fun because the talent level is out of this world. Oh yeah, uh, it, it is amazing to see the, the, the talent that you can watch, um, especially at an early age. And you, know, you think about where these players are and see some of them like, well, they can come in right away, you know? And that's an amazing thing to, um, to see players that still have a couple more years to go before they hit the field in college. Um, and they've already developed in such a strong, uh, fast pace. And, it just does say a lot about the game and, and how much has been put into the youth game, their commitment, and where that's going to grow for the college game and then beyond in the professional leagues and our national team. So definitely exciting to see and it was definitely proof about this past weekend uh, being back on the fields. Let's talk about some of the Gamecocks in NWSL. Obviously, Savannah at Louisville doing incredible. I get to see Kaylee Kurtz as the voice of the Courage, and there's probably a few others that that I'm missing. But you try to watch them, right? You try to stay connected when they're playing at that level, I believe. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, Taylor Leach got back into the league this year, and she had been playing overseas for a while and had a tremendous header goal at the end of the game the other day, which was pretty outstanding. So it was cool to see, you know, with Tatum Malazzo just came back from ACL injury, recent grad from here and has been playing with Chicago, which has been exciting. And we also have other players around the world and, you know, trying to continue to play in the game. Um, Sabrina D'Angelo, you may remember as a goalkeeper here, was fantastic. And she's battled some injuries, but as Sabrina does, she always battles back and she's been invited to uh, to some national team things now, which has always been our dream. And so it's just exciting to see, and we definitely try to follow them after they leave here, and always excited to see what they can do uh, beyond the college game. I actually called that goal, Taylor Leach, by the way. I was calling that. Oh, you did? Yeah, down in Florida. In the oh, final well, you know second. about it. <laughs> yeah, they were down a player, too, by the way, Shelly, and she yes. scored in the final seconds and she brought some stability and leadership as they pushed her forward. Was that the kind of player she was for you? Oh yeah. Uh, just, just tremendous heart and, and work rate. And, you know, the player she became in the four years with us, I just always so proud of what she did. And I knew she'd be a professional just the way her attitude was and how she faced the game and, and her, her daily life and how she prioritized things. So, um, uh, and she's always so thankful for her time here. And um, it's a player that's kept in touch and 
we're really excited to see her grow. Um, so yeah, she's been, always been a, a true leader for us as a captain. So happy for her to see her doing so well now. I got to believe you're super proud of what some of your players are doing even away from the field. I think about Blakely Mattern, who I caught some games with, which makes me feel even more connected to you. Then I think about Kaylee Kurtz, who just posted all she's doing for playing for Pride this month during Pride Month as well, which is an important time, particularly, you know, in our in our world today and, and in our country. Moments like that also have to make you proud because sometimes it's more about just scoring goals and defending, right? It's about becoming young women and future leaders. Oh, for sure. Yes, that's, um, you know, something I always say is the biggest thing that we look at here is building the person. Um, we want them to be the best player they can be, obviously, but it's be leaving the program better, but also being the best person you can be in your four years. That means being a top student athlete, doing the best you can in the classroom and off the field and um, preparing for life after college. And as you know, most of them are professional in the game. They are in uh, a professional world uh, beyond soccer, and it's so neat to see them be successful afterwards. And that's what we strive for and build towards. And you know, our our team this year. I mean, I, I'm still amazed half the time about how strong they are in the classroom. But yeah, as a group, at a three eight GPA, it just astounds me. And um, you know, they're all going to be prepared and ready to go somewhere after college. And hopefully they play as long as they can, but they're going to um, go back on that education and, and everything they learn as a person um, during their years uh, to, to help them be successful in whatever they're doing. We're here with Shelly Smith, who just completed her 20th year as the head coach of the University of South Carolina Gamecocks, where my son actually spent some time as well. Let's go back to the ECNL just for a couple more questions, and we'll let you go and enjoy your anniversary, as we're truly grateful that you carved out about 15 minutes of your time. But obviously, Shelly, you've got the benefit of showing up and knowing where you got to go to fields, but the work that's done behind the scenes to allow 184 teams come to one market, the triad in Greensboro, just talk about how impressed you are with ECNL. And I mean, when they put on an event, Shelly, it's first class, at least from what I've seen so far. Oh, for sure. It's always so organized and the organization has been excellent. Happy anniversary. Give Jamie my best as well. All right. I will. In Charleston. And thanks so much for being on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thank you so much. I want to thank Jen Winnego and Shelly Smith, our guests, all the great people at the ECNL, including all the great people behind putting on the incredible events, including the ECNL Showcase North Carolina. For each and every one of them, as well as our producer, Colin Thrash, I'm Dean Linky. We'll see you in two weeks for another edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. ECNL Boys is partnering with Puma for the second year, driving sport forward with the leading products and the next generation of pros who wear them. Puma has proven themselves as the fastest sports brand in the world, the fastest innovation, the fastest players, and the fastest products in the game. They're the perfect partner to complement the speed and talent of our teams. In keeping with their mantra of forever faster, Puma introduces the world's fastest boot, the Ultra. The only boot engineered for speed, the Ultra combines a woven upper with a lightweight outsole for direct forward motion, speed, and acceleration. It's the best in the game, designed for the best players in the game. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com.
And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.